Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture, hosted by me, Madonna Lewindi, and Laura Michael. Hi, Madonna. So this week, with Holy Week coming up, we know that there are a lot of challenges that can come with attending lots of church services and trying to keep our kids engaged while we're there. So we took to our listeners to ask them for suggestions about how all of you survive Holy Week with children. Yeah, and we know like the ultimate goal is to have our kids really learn to love all of the services and we want them to appreciate the beauty in them. But, you know, realistically, it can be a lot for both the kids and their parents, right, to manage, especially the younger your children are. So I guess, Laura, I mean, tell us, because I don't know, what did you do to kind of prepare for Holy Week? Yeah, so in our house, the main thing that we do is spend a lot of time playing the hymns and talking about the events that are coming up. We talk about how, um, you know, we, we play the hymns that they like, like Flogimenos or Thoktetigom, in whatever language we're going to be singing it in church. And we use that as a touch point to kind of trigger uh, the memories, the happy memories of weeks past and of years past. And that kind of helps us like set the tone for the week, you know, um, helps us get ready for it and helps us feel like we're that we know what's coming up. I, I, you know, I was thinking Madonna, like anticipation is such an important thing for so many holidays, you know, like Christmas morning with the gifts, there's this anticipation that you're going to, you're going to something special. And it's that feeling of like waiting for something cool that really helps cement those feelings. And so I feel like for Holy Week, we kind of have to do the same. What do you think, Madonna? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the point that I was wanting to make Laura exactly is that I think there's so much to it in the buildup to Holy Week. I think a lot of times everyone, and me included, we focus on actual Holy Week. What do we do when we get to church? But the thing is, I think that it makes being in church easier if kids know what to expect when they get there. So like you said, you know, playing the hymns and having them familiarized, uh, familiar with them and kind of talking about what the different days of Holy Week are because they're all so unique and so important. And like um, one thing that I did with the, the kids at our church is that... Um, you know, we had like a scavenger hunt for each day of Holy Week um, ahead of time, like this past week. And so for Monday, they had to find something that had like they or for Sunday, they had to find like a leaf because that in indicates Palm Sunday. Uh, Monday, they had to find like money because that indicates like the, the money changers at church and every single day had something. And it was one symbol to help them remember what each day was for. Um, and I think just that way, when they get there, it's like, oh, this, I know what this is about. And I know what these hymns are. They sound familiar, even if I don't remember all the words and how it goes. I think a lot of it really is just them getting used to what will happen. I love that. That's so funny. Actually, we did a spiritual day for teens where we went through all the days of Holy Week too. And Abuna taught them or invented a like mini rap to teach them about Holy Tuesday. And now <laughs> we're all sort of, uh, it's very catchy. So it's stuck in our heads, but it's, Holy Tuesday is teaching in the temple and the end of time. <laughs> I love it. If you say that over and over, eventually you cannot forget that Tuesday is teaching in the temple and the end of time. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I, like, yeah, like you said, I think just having them know what's coming really, really helps. And I think that's true for all of us, not just, not just them, you know, not just the kids. Absolutely. And so at home, we also try to change the mood a little bit. We try to eliminate screen time. You know, there's no TV, there's no playing games. 
for any of us, I hope, God willing. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're all very reliant on our screens. So maybe it's reduced in some of our households. Um, maybe some days that's hard to um, overcome. But the idea is to make home time feel different, too. We are not giving into secular things. We are focused 100% on God during that week. If the kids haven't been fasting, we get yes. them to fast Holy Week. Um, I have a whole old blog post about that, that your kids can fast Holy Week. It's that one week they can do it. Even if they don't fast at all, they can handle it for one week. And it helps sort of cement the, the specialness of, of the week and of that, those moments that are happening. And, you know, that is uh, based in our church too, Laura. Like we know that during Holy Week, the altar colors and the all the stuff changes and it's for the purpose of setting the tone. And so it needs to be the same way at home too. And I think that that's such a great idea. And actually quite a few of our listeners said about, you know, reducing or eliminating the leisurely screen time because obviously some kids still have to do their, you know, work online and things like that. Um, but I think that's such a great idea just you know, making so that week is different for them. It's not just business as usual. And then you go to church more. Um, and I really love that. And so Laura, okay. You are married to Abuna. So obviously Abuna super involved in everything. So you are on your own and you've been on your own with two kids in church. And some of us have uh, husbands that are super involved, same idea. Okay. So what do you do? Like, what do you do during services when no one's there to support you? Yeah, you kind of learn to adjust. It's very um, jarring at first, especially I think that the shift from one child to two is way tougher than we were ever warned. Mm. Um, having a second kid is is very straining at first. Someone even told me uh, three is easier than two or the transition from two to three is easier than from one to two. Because um, anyway, so, so it really took some time for me to adjust and to think about what I'm going to do. And what ended up happening basically is my um, quieter, more obedient child basically had to self-manage while I ran around after the younger one. So that's <laughs> kind of all there is to it. You've got one kid who sits still and the other who doesn't. <laughs> but you still went to every service. We did. And actually, it, we were so blessed if, so our, my kids go to a Catholic school. So if their Eastern hours are one week apart, they get our Holy Week off. So they come, uh, they come home and they, they have to come with me. Now, did I do every single service? No, I think it's okay to be realistic and to stream some of the services, especially when they're really young. Uh, or we were talking earlier, Madonna, about bedtimes. It might be easier to take them in the morning at a certain age than to mm. take them at night and vice versa, depending. So um, it's okay to be um, realistic and to not necessarily attend every single one. I mean, if you're not a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're not off all the way until Good Friday. Maybe you can't take the week off. Um, so finding that balance this week, because, you know, um, Western Easter happened so long ago, mm. <laughs> like a whole month ago at this point, Yeah, uh, we are going to take Covenant Thursday and Good Friday off. And I remember as a kid, we always took Good Friday off, always, no matter what, we took Good Friday off. I remember there was one good Friday where I had a big college exam and I couldn't go. And I was basically like horrified. I really, because it was something that I always, always knew to do. And it, you know, when you do it for your kids, when you give them that day off, they value it. I mean, nobody doesn't yes. want a day off from school. Exactly. So it's like a prize plus you're in church all day and you're sitting at the foot of the cross. And I think 
Um, sometimes we forget that we're allowed to do that. You're, it's a religious holiday, take it off. So my kids know that this week they're going to have Covenant Thursday to come and hang out with me and Good Friday um, to spend the day at church. And they, they value that. You know, I think sometimes we think when something is hard that it's not worth doing. And I have found that the more challenging something is, the more you value it later. I don't know, Madonna, has that been your experience? That's one of those things that you will know after it's already passed. <laughs> it's not something that I enjoy in the moment. I definitely don't enjoy challenges in the moment. But to your point about, you know, wanting to take days off school, I actually taught the anticipation of taking Good Friday off. And all of our friends at church would take Good Friday off and we would all come together and we'd sit together in one pew. And it was like our day to be together. And I remember growing to love like I was one of those people who struggled with going to liturgy for two or three hours, but for some reason, Good Friday was a breeze. Like I would go from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. and I would do all the matanias and I would be like on board and it would be so great. Um, and I think it's just because of the tradition of taking that day off and going and really enjoying it. Um, and Laura, you mentioned too that like, it seems like the kids who never got that day off don't come, right? I feel like the kids whose parents brought them to Good Friday, I still see them around. And the kids whose parents thought, oh, they should prioritize school over church that day, they're less likely to show up for liturgy, especially now with COVID, there's very little self-motivation to come to church from those kids. And I, I really think it makes a difference to cement some days. It's, we're not asking for all the days, but like having that one day where is that's non-negotiable and Good Friday is great for that, where you have to go and tell your teacher that you're not going to be able to take that test today, that you have, mm -hmm. she has to prepare it early or she has to make some accommodation for you. That is great practice for life, <laughs> for making room for the faith in your life. But okay, but realistically, obviously that that's super applicable for the older kids. Like I remember specifically being able to do that in high school and, and middle school. But when we're talking about these young kids, like my young kids and perhaps your Michael too and everything, obviously that long at church is so, so hard. So what are the real expectations we're trying to have here for these kids? And I think like one of the things that we wanted to, to take away is there are going to be people with older kids who despite their best efforts are going to forget what it's like to have young kids. So they may give you the dirty looks and they may give, make you feel like unwanted in the church. Don't hold them accountable for that. Just, but do ignore them. Okay. Just do your part of bringing your kids showing up and as much as they can do is the best that you can do. And it's not going to look the same, right? Laura, we talked about how, so the first time after I had Elise, that we came back to church. I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought like I would just show up and it would be church as usual with a child. Like it would be my same old, same old thing. But that was not the case at all, obviously. I was out the entire time and I remember being super bitter, super resentful, really upset that this whole time, my favorite day is just down the drain. And all of the days of, of Holy Week, really, I would go and I would end up just sitting outside in the lobby with my child. Um, and it took that first time of going back after having a kid to realize I really needed to manage my expectations better. I needed to understand, obviously, why would I expect like a nine month old child to sit quietly for that long in anything? Um, I wouldn't expect it at a movie theater where you're supposed to be quiet. Why would I expect it at church? You know, I wouldn't, it just, I need to manage my expectations. What do you think? 
Yeah. So to that, I want to like rewind a little bit and say, you know, some of that um, get keeping your kids engaged involves having maybe some activities planned. You don't have to obsess about it, but having something in your purse that they can quietly play with or for Good Friday, um, we have a tradition that in the middle of Good Friday, I think it's, I have sp the specific hour. There's like a specific hour where we step out and I take the kids out and I feed the kids and we run around. Um, that there are ways to sort of get to know your kids and get to know their attention spans and you're going to cater to your kids. And I think that, that's what brings us back to that manager expectations. We think, just like you said, that once we have these kids, we are going to be the exceptional parents who can keep doing what we do and the kids will obey us and do exactly, will exactly follow suit with what we are able to do. That they're going to sit perfectly still for however many hours for whatever services. And really, we have to understand that our kids are, um, I don't want to say the drivers, because I don't want to, I don't want anybody to misinterpret, but we should be paying attention to their real moods and their real um, capabilities. So not like the whiny, I don't want to go to church, but the I'm exhausted and I cannot focus anymore. I have lost the ability to stay up and do mm. X, Y, Z. Paying That's attention to their, distinction. their real needs and not expecting beyond their actual abilities. It's okay to go to a PASPA service and attend in person one or two hours when it's three or four hours. That's 100% acceptable. Yeah. Or if your child, they go to bed at a certain time, you can't go with them to the service. You can play the service or stream for that hour and then they go to bed afterwards. There are so many ways to do it. You have to know your child, pay attention to your child and put your own, um, your own desires or your own vision of what your spiritual growth looks like in the backseat. Like yes. your spiritual growth in this time, if you have young children, does not come for, in the same way that it came when before you had children and you were so holy and so amazing, you know, in whatever, in your twenties, when you were free and you could pay hundred percent attention. Now, actually your spiritual growth comes in understanding that you have little ones, they're outside of your control and paying attention to them and dragging them to church is your, is your spiritual growth. Actually. Yes. A hundred percent. I think that's so important to, to mention that, um, you know, we have this really, like small idea of what it means to be in service at church. And it looks like paying attention. It looks like praying and all these things are great, but realistically, when you have children, it looks different. Um, and I think Laura, you said something important too, is, you know, we also try to plan, like you said, with coloring pages and all these things during Holy week, but it's important not to obsess over those things. Um, while it's good to have a plan, obviously you want to have something so that not as soon as you walk in, you need to walk out. But just understanding that a lot of the um, exposure of just, like you said, letting the hymns kind of wash over them, letting them be present while these things are happening, seeing the church and or even if it's streaming, okay, this is not, you know, just to being in the church, if you're streaming at home, that presence that you've made in your home of changing the tone and of just sitting and, and watching, even if they're playing in front of you and the hymns are going on will go a long way for your kids and will go a long way for you. It's not going to look the same. It's not going to be as like quiet and, and meditative and all that, but it has the same purpose. Shockingly, and despite our best efforts, that's the truth. Yeah. If you love Holy Week and if you show that love to your kids, if you 
introduce it to them with excitement and anticipation, uh, they will grow up to love it. They, they just do. They know it's different. They know it's special. And who doesn't like a break from routine, you know? And so just uh, recognize that the little bit you do every year, the, the one thing that they've learned or the one way that they've um, enjoyed that time is going to build up to teenagers who love Holy Week, adults that love Holy Week. And that's our goal, right? We talked about that our goal is to um, raise them in the church. And last year, you know, COVID changed so many things for so many of us. And we all were devastated about our expectations that were completely depleted because it was not going to look at all like what we remember, but it ended up being okay. Like everyone made it work. However it had to go, you did it at home, you did activities at home. And the same is true, even without a pandemic, you know, your expectations, you go in, you expect one thing and that doesn't work out. Just manage them. Just, you know, find what works for you and your family. Um, and I guess, you know, we just want to encourage you to just go, just go there as much as you can, or just stream it as much as you can. We are setting our kids up for success in church when church becomes this familiar home to them. It isn't this big burden where you come, you sit, you're quiet, you're whatever. Your love for church and the tone you set will come through in them. And above all else, of course, we pray. We pray for our patients, we pray for their patients, and we pray for their love of God and for church to grow. Absolutely. Um, and with that being said, thank you all so much for joining us today on this week's episode of Raising Up Cops. And thank you to our listeners who shared all of their tips and um, struggles. We really felt like we, um, our community hears us. We, we're all on the same page here, guys. Yes. <laughs> and you can find us at raisingupcops.com and email us at raisingupcops at gmail.com. Look forward to next time with you. Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lewindy. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you would like to reach out with any questions or comments, please email raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook.